It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know... And what a Thursday. Good buck-ons and buck-offs, fictional bars and restaurants, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame conversation. Who's in this this class, but who should be in that's not. That's been fun as well. And a lot of good football chatter with uh, Mike Craven of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, formerly the Austin American Statesman. We've been talking about teams that uh, are on the Longhorn schedule that you have uh, visited and seen here this spring during spring practice with the coaches and the players. Uh, last hour, we talked about uh, the Houston Cougars, Rice Owls, and Baylor Bears. Coming up, we'll hit a little TCU talk with Sonny Dykes coming off that magical year. A lot to replace, and of course, Joey McGuire and Texas Tech as we uh, roll on through that. Also, just some general thoughts on the Longhorns. But uh, as Ty said in the uh, the Hot or Not, slow night. I mean, uh, there wasn't a ton. I mean, obviously, the NBA game was on, but it was zero drama. Blowout city, which we'll get to coming up in the headlines. Uh, there were hockey ma- hockey games going on, but uh, not a lot of top sports stories this morning, so we're doing uh, some fun stuff there and talking plenty of college football. What were you taking in? I told you I was watching Ted, a little, couple Ted, Asso, Ted Lasso episodes. I'm going to catch up on that show. How's the new season? It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's, it's not as good, I don't believe, but uh, it's still Ted Lasso, and they've got funny. It's w- well-written. i tell you what, I'm happy I didn't take your advice on hedging that game last night. I stuck with Boston minus 10, and... Man, I was a little worried about it, but it, yeah, they, because you they made didn't a bet. Watch that one. You made a bet on the uh, on Boston when it was minus. They were minus ten, minus ten, and then when when they announced Joel Embiid was going to play, it jumped all the way down to like four and a half, six, five, four, five and a half, six. Yeah, um, that game two though. After you win game one on somebody else's court, is always kind of like, ah, uh, we did what we came to do here. Yeah. We won home court. Like I think the Lakers get beat by 15 tonight for the Definitely. same reason, right? Like they, they did what they were supposed to do. They'll kind of like take a rest game here. Golden State will win it and they'll go back to LA well, especially one Especially veteran teams, right? I mean, they know what it takes. You don't got to win seven games. You got to win four games over seven. And yeah. you, so, uh, you know, the, the reason it was such a blowout last night is once Philadelphia realized this wasn't their night and Boston was going to bring the energy, they kind of shut it down too. And that, that's, you know, it's a long series. So, you know, whether you lose by a point or you lose by 29 points or whatever the total was last night, who cares? Uh, it's a loss. It's a loss. Let's get back to Philadelphia. We accomplished our mission. We stole a game without Embiid. And, um, you know, those series, and you mentioned it with the Lakers, I mean, it's when both teams are playing with all the energy and at their peak. Those are when these theories get really, really good. And it usually takes a little bit to get it there in a, in a long series. Uh, obviously, the Lakers came out on fire and, and with all the energy in Game 1. And, um, you know, they did a great job on Steph. But I tend to agree with you that tonight – it flips back. Draymond Green on his podcast was talking about he needs to play better, and um, everybody's mad at Jordan Poole for taking bad shots. Yeah. That'll it's a long series, and uh, Anthony Davis will have his his you know where where to go game. 
where did he go game. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's just uh, the the ebb and flow of a seven game series. But you got to win four times, and I think. But I mean, these are those are two really fun semifinal series to have the the the, the old school rivalry with Boston and Philadelphia rekindled. The Sixers feels like their best chance with Embiid as an MVP now. Uh, Boston was in it last year in the finals. So, and then of course you know Steph and, and LeBron. Uh, must see TV. That's tonight, by the way, eight o'clock. They're going to play, and uh, that is absolutely must see TV. Only eight o'clock. Only eight o'clock. Yeah, they're because it's the only game. Line. It's the only game, so they're going to stand alone and drop it early for the the middle of the country and the East Coast to see a little bit more of that game because it'll get a gangbuster rating. And let's hope it's a good game. I mean, if it turns into last night where it's just you know completely one sided, that won't be a lot of fun. But uh, that is the one game tonight. And uh, we'll get you a preview of what's coming. So you hit that bet. Did you hit anything else last night, Ty, the uh, professional gambler? I think you and uh, my man Mike Craven would get along pretty good. Mm. Um, I had I, <laughs> I had a pretty good day two days ago. Yesterday, I bet down a unit, so you know, pretty much even. Not 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 much. I had a little too many. I had like eight bets. So that, that's where I make my mistakes. I get a, get a little too excited here early in the morning sometimes, and think everything looks amazing when. I had I was on like the Pirates uh, yesterday. Somebody texted in earlier and asked if I like the Pirates today. Yeah, I do against Tampa Bay just because of the value there. They're like plus one seventy five. Pirates and, are good this yeah, year. Yeah, and they're really not that much worse month. than the Rays. So I, that's my bet pick of the day. Take the Pirates today money line. Uh, all right, so uh, yeah, Ty, Ty's giving gambling advice on the text line. I love that. Good job. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, you know, it's funny. I think last year was the year, the first year in a long time, I didn't really make many bets. I was probably got to the point where I was too stressed out during the weekend and I got a lot to do. Well, the NFL. Oh, I wasn't losing big, big money, but you, you put enough out there, you're like, oh, man. And then it's not, gambling's fun, but it's also difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, well, and sometimes it's not fun. Well, if you, <laughs> you know, sometimes a, it's not fun. <laughs> how, many, lot, how many hours do you need doing something before you're a master, technically? Thou, 10,000. 10, right? I don't think you can become a master of gambling, though. You really can't. I don't, it's know. Gambling. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying. Well, <laughs> let like me know when you're trying to win the lottery. <laughs> let me know when you get trying. there. And then I'll just like ride your coattails yeah. and borrow your picks. Yeah, uh, so I started a thing at the Statesman called Craven's Corner. I remember that. And uh, we've continued it through uh, Dave Campbell's. And, and in football, I'm something like plus 70 over the last 40 years just in games. Like, and it gets the spread. Four years or 40? Like last four years. four years, and they're all in print or on video. Like you know, they're they're they're, you know, they're you, documented. Yeah, you can go figure it out. Like because all I do is football. You know, like I don't have to. You know, everybody else that I know, like they cover other sports and stuff. I only Ty, cover football. And well, so, bet on soccer. Um, he's but yeah, that. I will bet on soccer as well. I so, got soccer bets playoff so. stuff, but. I have a hard time. I, I like when you were talking about just betting on the Pirates. Like it would be hard for me to bet oh, on like I mean, a May baseball it's, game. That's pretty much a. Yeah. It's not we like I'm looking talk. deep we into the analytics. Somebody to talk to you a little bit. You know, <laughs> I, has I, it changed? Has the speed of the baseball game changed gambling at all? Like, has it changed strategies and gambling and what you're looking for? This, and this year, there's been a lot of overs. Okay, I, I think that I don't know if that's a direct correlation with the pitch. Well, clock. that's what they wanted, right? They wanted pit. They wanted more offense. I mean, all the rules changes by baseball were for. Quicker gains, but more more offense and more, you know, balls in play. They they got rid of the shifts. Uh, they they got you know the pitchers uh, yeah, have shifts. to work quicker. Uh, so they yeah they want more action. The, the game had become strikeouts and home runs. I mean that's really what it was because you know the, the, you'd see four outfielders like a beer league softball game and knowing that's where the guy hits the ball. So what could be a gapper is easy, an easy out, and uh, they're trying to eliminate that. So it, it would stand to reason that you know the scores are going to go up uh, because that's what they're wanting to do. That's what the rule changes were for. I've definitely been watching a lot more baseball, when I'm, when, even when I'm not betting on it, just because 
the games are quicker. I've noticed that for sure. When I was sitting here yesterday, I was here for two hours, and they had the replay of the Rangers game going on. And when I sat down, it was in the second inning, and it was done before I left. Well, oh, yeah. that's that's even faster. Like that's they, amazing. They, they, they they cut out a lot of the stuff. Uh, but they're there, averaging because I was up in DFW over the weekend, and they were talking about on on one of their morning shows on the ticket that it's like two hours and ten minutes, two hours and fifteen yeah, minutes. A lot of those games, well, like they're yeah, in and Garrett out. Garrett Cole, you know, Thursday night of the draft last week. The Yankees played the Rangers, and Garrett Cole started for the Yankees. It was a two-hour, nine-minute game, and that's why in ballparks they've got they've stopped stopping to sell beer at the seventh inning stretch. Now they're selling it all the way into the yeah. ninth inning because they're losing they're, money, big time, yeah. big time revenue, man. Those last couple of Bud Lightskis are. And no one's getting them anywhere. They're in the car already, yeah. heading home. That'd be hard for me because I'm a uh, leave event early guy, you know, to like beat traffic. I'm with uh, you on that. But like, if they're only two hours long, <laughs> like, you know, you'd barely have just gotten there before you're like, all right, honey, let's try to get to our car before all these crazy people start driving out of here. Can I can I admit something? Because I am too a leave early guy. Remember when uh, Texas beat Notre Dame on Tyrone Swoop's touchdown in overtime? I didn't see it. I was. Oh wow, I left. Because wow. I had been sitting up in the uh, I'm not, the Bud Light suite with the Brown Distributing people, great people, but it was Memorial Day, remember? Uh, and, I mean Labor Day, and so but I had to work the next day because mm-hmm. I had to do the show, and I knew if I wait, for, I I, I got to see this, but if I if I don't leave because I was parked in the parking garage, you're I, done. I'm yeah. done. I'm yeah. not going to get home till one o'clock, uh, and so yeah, I hightailed it out to be the first guy out of the garage and. I watched it on replay, but I missed the uh, the jubilation. Nah, I was in my dorm one. room at Texas Tech for that one. That's that's the night I realized that most Tex- people that go to Texas Tech are either an OU, an A and M, or a Texas Longhorn. <laughs> oh, you fan. got crushed because I like all my pledge brothers and me were just we left. We had our first party of college that night. Well, and we all left early to watch Texas play. Yeah. <laughs> that tells you anything about Texas Tech. Because if you do stay, you know what that, that is getting out, especially if you parked in the parking garage. That yeah, you never get beating. out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I skipped out a little early. Skipped yeah. out a little early. I, I was there to the end of the uh, the Bama game, though. I, I, that was Saturday, right? So and I didn't have any duties afterwards. I didn't mind waiting a little bit. was in the middle of the day, The best too. place – because I'm not even worried about, like, what time I get home. I just hate sitting in trap like – that's my one of my favorite parts of my job is by the time I'm doing everything I need to do in the press box, everybody's gone, so I can just roll out. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Out of game, uh, Mike Craven, if you is here, of course. Dave Campbell's Texas football. We'll talk some more football coming up. Ty Henderson is here. They're both professional gamblers, apparently. That says if Ty doesn't stop gambling before ten thousand hours, he's a slow learner or he's a unicorn who can overcome the juice. The juice always gets you. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to win. I'm telling you, I'm I'm on the path to professional. Okay, <laughs> I think for both of you, it's when you quit your other jobs and that becomes your full time job. I'm That's you, when I'm, you're a professional. I make more money gambling than I do here. Well, that yeah, is, I mean, mine's I about even. Lose. Mine's yeah. about even, probably. Yeah, I have to claim it on my taxes and stuff. Do you? Yeah, nice. Hang on with you guys less. Yeah, that's I mean. why I get. That's why I get to just be a middle of the road sports writer and just like not have to hey. deal with anything. You know. Yeah, and that. Uh, and now the eyes on Texas Multicast, yeah, which is going to uh, you know, make us all rich and famous one day. You know what I'm saying? Hey, let's get to the headlines, trending topics uh, from last night and right now. Let's get them. <laughs> Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring it to you. Mentioned zero drama in the NBA last night, just the one game. Sixers, uh, Celtics route the Sixers 121-87. Uh, Joel Embiid did return from that knee injury, scored 15 points in 26 minutes. One more game coming tonight. It's the Lakers and the Warriors out west, 8 o'clock tip. Lakers took game one, of course. Some Texas football news this morning. Word that the Horns have added a special teams piece to their 2024 recruiting class. A commitment yesterday from Fort Lauderdale, Florida punter Michael Kern from St. Thomas Aquinas High School, ranked as one of the top five prep punters in the nation. 
Uh, also from the 40 Acres, fifth-ranked Texas softball team back in action after 11 days off. They run-ruled Sam Houston 12-2. to uh, Major League uh, Pro Baseball last night, Round Rock, split a day-night doubleheader in Reno. A massive developing story from soccer with Lionel Messi apparently headed out of PSG. The 35-year-old's contract set to expire this summer. Messi in discussions with the Saudi Arabian government about joining the Saudi Pro League. Uh, some reports suggest Messi could make as much as $400 million annually. Hockey, HEB Center at Cedar Park last night. Texas Stars finish off a three-game sweep of Rockford in the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs 4-2. to two. And interesting piece of news in the NFL from the Cowboys camp at a charity event yesterday in Dallas. Cowboys star Micah Parsons told reporters that he's skipping the team's voluntary offseason program in order to focus on bulking up, adding weight. He wants to play defensive end full-time in 2023. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Come see one of the many reasons your mama loves us this month by getting select Toro and Hustler zero-turn mowers for up to 26% off. Topgun.net will shoot you straight. Hey, so... Uh... It's interesting that the the Micah Parsons story, we talked about it early in the first hour, but Micah Parsons is working out here in Austin at the Collective. Um, Jeremy Hills, remember Jeremy, the former Longhorn running back, and his yeah. brother Tony? Uh, Jeremy has done really well uh, with these this club's, the Collective, which is with a K, and these things are becoming pretty legendary around the state and around the country uh, for the for the trainers that they have and the facility. is It's a private club. Like You can't just walk in there and work out. You have to have a membership. Uh, and I don't want to say it's exclusive, but you know you, you get what you pay for. And I know Jeremy and his team have built those to be pretty much everything an NFL facility has. Like when you go in, they've got the, the cold and hot tubs, and they've got all the training facilities, and pretty much you, you can do anything in there that you could do in an NFL facility it's in, in addition to the weight rooms and the, the workout equipment. Uh, they have everything. And both are really popular. I mean, I know a lot of folks go to them. And now Micah Parsons is working out there. He's got a trainer. And it's interesting that he wants to bulk up. Now, here's the question, and I'm assuming someone will ask Jerry Jones and Dan Quinn soon, soon enough. Is this his plan or their plan? I mean, because he would have a, a financial incentive to become a full-time defensive end. There's no doubt about that, right? I mean, he's, I mean, the rush ends, you know, Nick Boza, uh, these, these guys make more money than linebackers. That's just yep. in the marketplace. Now, M- Mike is a different type, but at the same time, is that what Dan Quinn wants? Does Dan Quinn want him to, now he says he's not going to play over 255. He just wants to get stronger to be able to anchor better. Uh, but, you know, does Dan Quinn want him to be a full-time defensive end becomes, I think, the interesting question there. I mean, I just think he's too talented at it to not be one. You yeah. Know, I, I think in the ideal world, you'd have him playing all over the place. He's a wild card. You keep, you, you know, sometimes you, you use him in linebackers in certain situations against certain teams. You know, some teams use him more at defensive end. Uh, but he's so good at it. And I, and I know that you can't split time, but – we were talking about the 10,000 hours to perfect something to be a master of it. It's got to be difficult to learn the intricacies of defensive end or the intricacies of linebacker at the NFL level while you're splitting time with both of them. I'd imagine if you just put all of your eggs in one basket and you went towards that position, you could become the elite of the elite. And quietly, you know, Micah's an, a good linebacker. He's not an elite linebacker. Yeah, he can he struggle is an elite, sometimes. He's an elite edge rusher, like an elite, elite edge rusher. So go do the thing you can do really, really well, and we'll find some guys who can be as good at linebacker as you. Well, there's not much not to like about Micah. He can play anywhere. His motor never stops. He's four three forty guy. Uh, I mean, it's just the explosiveness has just been ridiculous since he's gotten into this league. And it, I don't want to say it's been a surprise, but as we talked about, he didn't play his final year at Penn State, so you didn't see him. And so he's just burst on this scene. But you're right. I mean – 
you know, put him opposite DeMarcus Ware and let him get after the quarterback. I mean, you've got a one-two punch as good as any in the league. And, you know, the, the Cowboys drafted DeMarvion Overshone. Does that help? You know, can DeMarvion become and do some of those positional flexibility type of things that they can move him around like they were doing with Micah? We'll see. But Dan Quinn, obviously, will have, will have a dress. But, he, look, he just wants to get paid as a defensive end. I get that. I mean, that's there's more money there. Yep. Um, that's, that's what the market says. And you mentioned a great point off the air that, you know, he could get franchise tagged. And uh, you got you got to predict that that the Cowboys may not be ready to, to go full contract with him because they got to sign Trevon Diggs, yeah. they got to get Ceedee Lamb under contract, they just you know signed Dak Prescott, uh, they got some big deals coming, and so they always have the franchise tag. So if you get tagged as a defensive end, it's a lot more money on a one year deal than it is as a as a linebacker. So you kind of understand it, and so and if you see Micah Parsons bumping around here in Austin, that's that's probably him. Yeah, I'll be looking for him. Now I haven't been to the collective the new one. I've been to the one that's downtown. Uh, what what is the uh, What's the the little street off of Congress, across from the Texas School for the Deaf? Uh, that's that's where the collective is. It's back in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a hotel there, Saint. Gosh, the, the little cool hotel, bed and breakfast kind of thing. That's your part of town. My part of town. Uh, but you, you, Doc's backyard, Saint Edward's. One of my there. favorite places used to be right there on the corner, and it's gone now. Now it's a shopping complex and restaurants and all that other stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's where the collective is. It's back down that road. Uh, but cool place, really cool place. I've had a tour of that and a neat spot. And Jeremy Hills and his team. Uh, you know who offices out of there uh, has an office in the collective is uh, David Mulligetta, the great agent uh, in the NFL, who's really be rising as one of the best in uh, the country. I mean, he had Deshaun Watson's deal. He's got uh, C.J. Stroud now. I mean, he's got tons of uh, the top clients. He's based out of right here, Austin, Texas. T- UT grad, UT grad. Okay. So yeah, that thing is getting really popular. It's pretty cool. Um, but you know, got to be in the club. Got to pay your way in. Which That's where Bijan worked out before the draft, right? Yeah, a lot of Longhorns are over there. A lot of Longhorns go over there and work out. I mean, Jeremy Hills, obviously, and Tony Hills, his brother. So, uh, yeah, that's Micah Parson news. And the Cowboys in the offseason now, he's not going to participate in their uh, optional work. He'll be there for OTAs when they begin here in the spring. Uh, all right, Mike, on the uh, Texas football side of things, give me your thoughts on uh, TCU. Because uh, last hour we talked Houston, Baylor, and Rice on the Texas schedule. You visited... Uh, the Horn Frogs and Sonny Dykes coming off the magical year. A lot of optimism. that went great, but now there's a lot to, to rebuild. Yeah, you know, you have a great season like that, and it, it recalibrates expectations. You know, going into year two, uh, it felt like this is when, you know, we kind of figure out what TC was, and they just had such a great 2022 season uh, that now everybody's going to expect that to be, you know, the season. And we saw Baylor go from a 12-win team that won the Big 12 uh, that won the Sugar Bowl down to a six and seven team. You know, if you're TCU, you're just trying to avoid that step back. There's going to be a step back. You can't lose your starting quarterback, your best running back, your best wide receiver, your best offensive lineman, your best defensive lineman, your best linebacker, your best secondary player without taking a step back. There's going to be a step back. It's just a matter of how big will it be. If they can take a step back to eight or nine wins and still kind of be in the mix for a Big Twelve title, you know, shot in October or November. I think that's a win for TCU. You know, you're recycling out a lot of Gary Patterson's players. You're bringing in your own. I think the good news for the Horn Frogs is they think they have their quarterback on campus. Max Duggan ended up being the Heisman runner-up, but he was beat out last offseason by Chandler Morris, who was hurt uh, in that first game against Colorado. Then Max Duggan went on its run. Uh, they feel like the wide receiver position was upgraded with JoJo Earl coming in from the slot and that they have uh, more depth. Maybe they don't have a Quentin Johnston, but they have more depth on the outside. Running back's going to be an interesting one, but they brought in Trey Sanders from Alabama, for a former IMG kid uh, that Texas was on back in the day on the recruiting track. So offensively, they're going to score points. They brought in Kendall Bryles. 
uh, to be the offensive coordinator from Arkansas. I never thought I'd see a Bryles working at TCU. Oh. That part is very, very weird. Uh, but uh, they're going to score points. Everywhere Sonny Dykes is gone, they score points. Even when he was at Cal and they stunk, they score a lot of points, right? So to me, the big thing is going to become defensively. There were, there were times last year where the TCU defense was really good, and there was times last year where the TCU defense was awful. If they can become more consistent and get better, maybe the TCU offense doesn't have to be as explosive as it was the year before. Uh, but the T- but the Big 12 is still wide open. It feels like Texas is the favorite, obviously. Vegas agrees with that. Oklahoma got the easiest schedule in the world. I, I still don't understand how the Big 12 allowed Oklahoma and Texas to have favorable schedules in their last year uh, in that conference. Uh, but TCU and Kansas State might be right there in that next tier. They're recruiting as well or better. Uh, than any other team in the Big 12, and, and they're going to portal better than any team in the Big 12 other than Texas and Oklahoma because of their DFW ties. So I think TCU is going to be okay. I think they're going to be good. Will they be 12-0 and again? No. Uh, but we predicted them to be 7th in the Big 12 last year, and they overachieved. So we'll see what they do this year. Yeah, and we knew, you knew they had Quentin Johnston, who was going to be an NFL draft pick on that team when the season began last year. But, man, Steve Avila, uh, Avila got drafted by the Rams early second round, Kendra Miller by the Saints early third round, uh, Dylan Horton to the Texans in the fourth. He led the Big 12 in sacks last year. Darius Davis to the Chargers, uh, Hodges Tomlinson to the Rams, and then D. Winters to the 49ers. Max Duggan went in the seventh round to the to the Chargers too. So, I mean, you have that many players drafted, and as we've said, it, the, I mean, the your best player at every position. Yeah. is what we talked about last hour with the Longhorns, that the Longhorns got guys back that could have tested the NFL that, you know, that have come back to provide leadership. You know, the Jordan Whittingtons, the – Christian Jones is, uh, um, you know, the the defensive tackle Tavondre Sweat. Yeah. Uh, these are all veteran players, play a lot of football, and they're they're all coming back for the specific reason to do what TCU did last year and run the table and go win the Big Twelve championship. And that's that's a lot of leadership. Sonny Dykes meanwhile has to replace all of that that he kind of rode last year because I I do think Sonny and his staff did an amazing job of tapping into the most veteran roster in the conference. And putting a chip on their shoulder, and they played at a high level. How much do they miss Garrett Riley? I mean, I thought Garrett Riley was tremendous. I mean, gosh, the Rileys, Lincoln and Garrett had you know, Max Duggan and Caleb Williams in New York City. Uh, it seems like wherever they go. And that's, that's why you're excited about you know, Cade Klubnick and Clemson. That he now have Garrett Riley calling plays at Clemson. But I do like Kendall Bryles, but is he Garrett Riley becomes a big question. And what does Joe Gillespie have left on the defensive side of the ball? You know, they're going to say all the th- right things, right? But, you know, I think if you talk to Sonny, if you talk to Kendall, they think that offense that they have now and what they're going to do with it fits with, with Chandler a little bit more than what they've had previously uh, because he's going to be more of a pocket. He's going to be able to get vertical. You know, Duggan's strength was not getting the ball deep, you know, and so – uh, with with Chandler, he wants to push the ball deep, maybe too too much for his own good sometimes. I think reining him in, uh, getting him to be smart with the football is going to be the issue for, for Morris. But he wants to go vertically, and, and if you go back to those Baylor offenses when they were really good under Art Bryles and Kendall Bryles, you know, they were four vert, going deep, you know, aired out offenses. Oh, yeah, they're a track I, I, team out there. Right, and TCU's got a lot faster on the outside. Uh, they think they're going to be pretty explosive. To me, though, it's the Kendra Miller in the running game. Yeah. Like, what made TCU really special last year was the balance. And if they can't have that balance this year, that puts a lot on Chandler Morris, a lot on that offensive line. If Trey Sanders, Amani Bailey, some of those guys can step at the running back position, they're going to be fine offensively. And then it just becomes coming up with those playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Good stuff. Mike Craven hanging, talking football, TCU. I like Chandler Morris, but at the same time, you also have to add the intangible of Max Duggan's toughness and leadership. I mean, that was gritting out some of those close games, those comebacks. I mean, that there was a lot of an intangible there that Max brought to the field that you know, wound him up in, in, in the finals for the Heisman Trophy um, that, you know, I 
probably Chandler Hart has all the talent. Can he bring some of that leadership and toughness as well? Uh, we'll talk some Texas Tech later in the show as we hit all the schools that you saw that are on the Longhorn schedule. Also, somebody I, I mentioned, I looked it up. The, the hotel where the collective is downtown uh, is on Academy Drive, and the hotel there is uh, called Hotel St. Cecilia. Have you ever seen that? It's kind of bar- it's a beautiful little yep. spot. It's kind of buried in these trees. If you ever want to do a staycation, you want to check that out, a little boutique hotel. It's called the Hotel St. Cecilia. As a matter of fact, the Foo Fighters wrote a cool little album called the called St. Cecilia. Uh, I think it was like a five-song EP, but they stayed there when they were in Austin, or, or at least Dave Grohl did, stayed in that hotel and um, when they were taping ACL and doing some stuff when he was in town here, and uh, that, that, that came out of it. So if you like the Foo Fighters, check that out. Uh, but that's where the collective is. And the other one, according to our buddy Mike Harge, who shot me a text at the, uh, the new collective with a K, is up on 183 near Camp Gladiator. So thank okay. you, Harge. Coming back, uh, David Pierce talking Texas baseball. Weekly visit with the Longhorn Skipper. Only two Big 12 Conference Series left. We'll preview with the coach next. It's Bucky and Aaron. Oh, man, iconic. May the 4th be with you. It is Star Wars Day on this May the 4th. I'm sure you can have some fun with that. Also, we're talking about uh, the Hotel St. Cecilia. Somebody texted us and said that's Rachel Ray's favorite hotel. Well, you know, it's interesting about the Hotel St. Cecilia there, uh, Mike Craven, hmm. is that uh, the, the, the hotel itself, the little boutique hotel in South Austin, right near the Collective, that's why we were talking about that, it's created in honor of the patron saint of music and poetry. So a lot of the creative types like to stay there. I also know this for a fact. When Jack Ingram called Mac Brown late at night and said, hey, we should do the do that old Willie and Daryl thing, and they started Mac, Jack, and McConaughey, that big event. He was staying at the Hotel St. Cecilia, writing music, writing tunes. Uh, that's where, uh, where ideas flow. It's where ideas flow. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they just had it last weekend, the Mac, Jack, and McConaughey with Garth Brooks and raised millions and millions for the kids of uh, Central Texas. That uh, You can credit the Hotel St. Cecilia for that. I've seen that the potential. Hotel San Jose over there. Yeah, that's, that's really over nice. on Congress yeah. itself. That's yeah. a cool spot, too. Yeah. But this one's tucked back in on Academy. Okay. you got to kind of try to find it for sure. Uh, but good stuff. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. Uh, he's he's uh, waiting for us to talk some Texas baseball. Longhorns, no midweek game this week. Coming off the three games at TCU, Longhorns took two out of three, but lost that final one on Monday. He is head coach David Pierce every Thursday in this spot. Coach, good morning. Good morning. How you doing, Coach? How was, how was the week without a, uh, a midweek game? Uh, actually worked out perfect uh, just because we ended up pushing to Monday. Uh it just happened that way. So we played Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and, you know, we worked out uh, yesterday. We took our day off on Tuesday. So we traveled today. Actually worked out really well. Give us time to get a good work day in, but also uh, get a little rest. Tuesday was a day that I just said, get out of the building. I didn't want anybody around. I just felt like we had been grinding so hard that Part of their uh, prep needs to just sometimes just take 24 hours and get away, and that's what we did Tuesday. And had a great workout yesterday. Ready to go to Kansas. Ready to go to Kansas, and uh, you know Kansas sitting near the bottom of the Big 12. But as we found out with Oklahoma, got to take every game uh, and be on point because you need every win you can get here, Coach. At 10 and 8 uh, for the RPI, obviously, but also for the conference standings. West Virginia sitting atop the conference right now, and you get them at the end of the season. Your final Big 12 series will be here against the Mountaineers, but you got to make these count here this weekend against the Kansas Jayhawks. What's the mindset of the team and, your, and yourself uh, heading into the to the final month of the regular season? 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, we consider May as uh, playoff baseball. And so we just look at it as every game we play moving forward is like we're in the postseason. And we're we're in a in a good position, not in a great position, but we're in a pretty solid position and control our own destiny. And if we go to KU and play well and and we're consistent and have good two out at bats and fight with two strikes and pound the strike zone and continue to play great defense, then we'll give ourselves a chance to win. And I think that's the message is it starts changing. It starts getting a little bit different. Your numbers mean nothing. Let's just put all that to the side and just focus on winning baseball. And I think our kids do a good job of that, but I don't care what anybody says. Your results start, you know, you start filling your results and you want to have a, a great year and, all those things become a factor. And so we just try to twist that right now and move towards every at-bat, everything we do is, you know, towards winning the game, which we always are, but just really getting committed to playoff baseball and, and understanding the implications. Yeah, no more tinkering. It's about winning now with uh, with everybody and every pitch. Hey, Coach, the uh, the Tanner Witt experience on Monday. You got to start the game as you told us he would last week in this spot, and uh, uh, you know, twenty three pitches. He a little 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 amped up. It felt like watching him. Uh, but what you how did how did you take in his twenty three pitch effort? And then how was his recovery afterwards? And how are things going into this weekend? Yeah, he um, he was amped up, and it was a little unfair for him to have to go. On a Sunday when we're trying to sweep, or a Monday in this case, when we're trying to sweep in, you know, 50 50 guns in his face. And a lot of things that, you know, pitchers deal with that you think a guy like Tanner can handle, and he can, but he was so amped up. He was missing up arm side, and that's a a tell that, you know, lets you know that, you know, he's running away from his arm. He's kind of in a rush. And so that adrenaline kicked in. So I think it was good that he was able to get out there. It, it did hurt us. Uh, but at the same time, we look at the big picture there. And like I've said before, his teammates are so so much behind him that, you know, they were willing to, you know, deal with it. And I remember taking him out and, and a couple of the infielders like, Tanner, that was awesome. And I'm like, no, it wasn't really awesome. But <laughs> But it was good to get him back out here, but we're down to run now. <laughs> yeah, well, but go ahead, Coach. It's all right. Uh, it's part of it. Uh, but the recovery good, no issues this week, and uh, you, you plan to be able to get him back on the mound this weekend. You told me yesterday he felt better um, the last two days than he did in the previous week after his live at bat. So that's a great sign. Certainly is. Uh, also from the weekend, obviously the weekend previous with Oklahoma, not great, but you went into TCU, took the two out of three. Lucas Gordon did his thing in game one on Saturday. Your offense came around, and then on boy su- Sunday's game, how about LeBaron Johnson with the six innings he gave you? He was dominant. That's the the good LBJ that you're going to need now here into the month of May. No doubt, no doubt. And he's such a student. Um, you know, he sometimes misses with a little fill, but he's such a listener and tries to understand his adjustments, and he made a really nice adjustment in his delivery. 
just a, a small but but major, and then really got his hand over the top of the ball and threw down angle fastballs, sliders, and his flight came back. And so uh, his timing and his delivery was outstanding. And if he can continue that, he could sit in that Saturday spot for us and and be pretty darn good and pretty tough putting some pressure on some people. Yeah, with Lucas as consistent as he has been, LBJ on a Saturday. And then what is the what is the plan for Tanner Witt moving forward? Is he going to be a guy in the, out of the bullpen, or how do you how will you work him into what's going on with your pitching staff? With his with his prep and how he needs to get ready right now, we'll continue to. Start him uh, if it's that one, maybe going into two innings. We're just we're going to continue to start him. Like I said, when we talked about last week, even if if I'd have thought he would have had a bad outing, I would have thought maybe a run, but it just didn't turn out like that. But I just see moving forward if he starts on Sunday, um, that to continue, and hopefully we can extend his uh, number of pitches, number of innings. 36, 30 and 16 right now, 10 and 8 in the Big 12, going to Kansas. What's the scouting report on the Jayhawks? Uh, new staff, uh, a lot of energy, building a new culture. Um, a lot of kids bought in, got some pretty decent transfers. Uh, they've swung the bat well. Um, okay defensively, and, you know, I think the Friday night starter has gotten deep into games, and so we're going to have to be creative to get after him and, if we can do that, I think we can get in their bullpen. It gives us opportunities. So uh, we just got to go out there and not worry about KU, but much more about us being consistent and having some reliability in our bullpen to be able to compete at the highest level and to be able to, you know, hold leads and uh, make people earn it. And I think there were some pluses even on Monday with some guys. It wasn't pretty, but at times you saw them getting hit or – doing something different as opposed to giving up the free pass, and we'll work from there. Coach, always appreciate it. Always candid and good conversation. Uh, the month of May now, as you say, every game's a playoff game from here on out. That starts on Friday night at KU, and, of course, you can hear all the games here on the Horn this weekend. Coach, safe travels, and we look forward to next Thursday. Okay, appreciate you guys. Hook them horns. Hook them horns. David Pierce, there you go, yeah. Uh, Tanner Witt to start again on Sunday, it looks like, and however long he could go, probably an inning maybe a little bit longer if it goes well in outing number two, and LeBaron Johnson Jr. likely to start that game on Saturday. And here's the, here's the point, Mike. The Longhorns need to take care of business, and Texas fans are going to be in the uh, uh, the not good. Uh, uh, you got to root for Oklahoma. you got to root <laughs> for the Sooners this weekend because they're playing at Morgantown against West Virginia. You need Skip Johnson's team to roll into Morgantown and do kind of what they did to you uh, to get the Longhorns back into this mix because it, the Big 12 Conference right now is a jumbled mess. Uh, at the top, and West Virginia is sitting there. You know, West Virginia has three more conference series left. The Longhorns only have two. They have this one and then West Virginia. They're going to play a non-conference series next weekend with San Jose State uh, to get the games even, but uh, you need Oklahoma to go in there. So, so West Virginia has to play home series with Oklahoma, home series with Texas Tech, and then come here hmm. to play the Longhorns. So, And, you know, Oklahoma State's in at 11-7. K-State's K- 11-7 as well. So still a lot of baseball. But uh, Big 12 will come down to the end, and then, of course, it's the Big 12 tournament. Uh, there is Coach David Pierce. Great to hear that on Tanner Witt, that he reported no issues after the uh, the arm. The, the, and he, when he said guns, by the way, he said there are 40 guns in his face. Uh, scouts are plenty with the radar guns, right? <laughs> so you're, if you can vision that, you're standing on the mound, and you look at, in the, right behind home plate, and there's you know, 40 radar guns yeah. staring right back at you. The TCU crowd was into it as well. So you can see a guy, a young, young player, coming back from a, a year-plus-long injury, 
know, amping it up a little bit, you know, getting always, ahead of himself. Always root for those guys. And that first start is always kind of like a hold your hold your head in your hands, you know, look through your fingers type of deal to make sure you can get through it. But uh, all good. You know, look good. Uh, good stuff for him. And, uh, you, you know, if you can get him going as, as a couple, as we say, six, nine outs here in the month of May at some point during a weekend series to go with Lucas Gordon and uh, LBJ. Got to keep LBJ going. And you've got two dominant starters and then work behind that uh, for the Longhorns. We'll come back, load up a, uh, a Mike Craven is here blitz on a Thursday. That could be fun. Uh-oh. Uh, we'll also get back into the uh, fun conversations of the mornings, the Buck Offs and Buck Ons, greatest fictional bars and restaurants all time in movies, TV shows, and uh, that's always a good one. It's B&E with you. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? That's right. No games, just the gossip ahead of your blitz. That means it's time to load it up. 447-3776. Bring it strong. Uh, show this morning, we've been talking a lot of little gossipy type of things, including the best all-time fictional bars, restaurants, hangouts. And I think we're to the point where we could probably name our top. So for television sitcom genre, are we going with um, the, what is it called? Bada Bings? Well, the Bada Bings would be for television full-length feature show. You know what I'm saying? Bada Bing. But television sitcom, is it going to be for the little restaurant they hung out in? Monk's, Monk's Restaurant there in Cafe for Seinfeld. Central Perk for Friends or Cheers for Cheers. Probably got to be Cheers. My vote would be Seinfeld. That's just, that's just my favorite show of those three. Okay. Same here. Now, I'm Cheers, like for Cheers, like every scene was in Cheers, pretty right. much. Right. Whereas the restaurant in Seinfeld was occasionally they'd end up in the uh, restaurant, which was good for... Isn't that where the uh, Master of Your Own Domain mm-hmm. episode began? Over salads at the cafe, <laughs> which was awesome. Uh, we'll take your nominees. And then movies... Gosh, movies are so many. Um, oh, did you ever see the uh, Sopranos prequel to the actual show? I did. I did. Oh. I saw that on an airplane. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's solid. It was the solid. young Tony Soprano. Um, one of those things. If you, I told my wife because she's never really watched the Sopranos. I said, "Well, if you you should watch that movie first and then dive into the Sopranos, it'll really give you some deep insight into who Tony Soprano is and where he came from." Uh, good way to do it. This is come on, y'all. It's cheers. <laughs> I agree. And uh, every time we have this little conversation, whichever hour, some people have mentioned the uh, Roper's Regal Beagle. People do love the Regal Beagle. I was young. I remember is it just it. the name. Is it just because it's the name's cool and it rhymes? Well, it's Mr. Roper too. Mr. Roper, you know, uh, little guy ran the bar. You could also uh, remember on the show Love Boat back in the day. They had Isaac the bartender at the bar on the on the cruise liner. That was always kind of cool. I'm gonna like, write in Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. That's the restaurant. Never really got into that show. Oh, it's a great show. Love that show. Although I watched Archer first, and so the main character's voice is always Archer to me. Uh, same with like the Arby's commercials. Isn't, it's all the same guy. Isn't that uh, that's Joe from Family Guy too? Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I believe so. Somebody said Star Wars Cantina Bar. Yeah, Ty played the Cantina theme music when we came back from a break earlier on this May the Fourth Be With You Day. Uh, also from gossip, it is official. The uh, Kevin Costner divorce from Yellowstone is done. Uh, Kevin Costner no longer on Yellowstone. Here's what I was trying to get to earlier, that according to the the, the insiders, the tension between Taylor Sheridan, the creator of uh, Yellowstone, and then Kevin Costner came to Costner's inability to commit to filming the remainder of season five. He was only willing to shoot for a week for the whole second half of the season, which obviously wasn't going to be enough. I mean, I, I was thinking, well, just kill him off. Maybe that's what they'll do. Well, they've tried like 13 times in that show. I don't yeah. know if you watch that show, but it's like 
the Sopranos for Cowboys or something. And it's it's hokier. Yeah, but it's it's wild. Whenever, it's absolutely wild. When Yellowstone became a phenomenon, it, I loved it. And I always yeah. said this was for the scenery, right? Because I worked at a ranch in Wyoming okay. in college, and it just it looks just like yeah. that, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. So I'm like, man, I love the scenery, horses. The, I can relate to the corral and because working at the ranch, that's, that's very similar. They they hit that. Taylor Sheridan did a good job of the scene and the setting and the characters, especially the cowboys characters, the Rip character. But yeah, it's. It's defies belief in a lot of ways. The spinoffs are good. Yeah, you yeah. watch like the 1883 and the 1920 whatever. Like those are pretty good. Double Deuce mentioned again. Isaac on the Lido deck. That's exactly right. Thank you very much. But yeah, that's now official. Kevin Costner done. Also the same week he's getting uh, divorced. His wife blindsided him, filing for divorce after 19 years from old Kevin Costner. Not a good week for my man. There you go. Or a great one. Or a great one. We also mentioned the uh, Hall of Fame Rock and Roll class of 2023 announced, including the uh, artist Kate Bush. Kate Bush. And she's got, what's the song that, that has become famous again because of her that's like the, uh, on Netflix? It's on. It's in the series Stranger Things. Stranger which Things. Which I don't watch, so. But I think I've that's heard a reach. Song. I think Kate Bush, that's a reach. Willie Nelson, though, on the heels of Dolly Parton. They're kind of branching out in the country. And Willie, why not? He's 90. Absolutely. There's Cheryl Crow. I'm a big fan of Cheryl Crow. Austin Ties. Um, Austin Ties. And she really changed music for women. Uh, when you think about it, when she was coming online in the 90s, you know, there weren't a lot of solo female rock and roll and, you know, singer-songwriter types. And she went to the top of the charts, won some Grammys, mm-hmm. uh, and is still, still going today. Now I'm more into the country realm with her music. Uh, the Spinners, George Michael, Missy Elliott, and Rage Against the Machine. And you said earlier, Rage is kind of the soundtrack of your your youth definitely was a formative band in my <laughs> life growing up obviously it it, uh, it formulated a lot of my opinions on on life rage against the machine i my one of my favorite things over the last couple of years is people figuring out that rage against the machine was political they're just you know, figuring that out now. Like people, they would tweet something and be, they'd be Thinking like, "Oh, I'm never going to against a Rage Against the Machine concert again." When did y'all get political? It's like, wow, what did y'all think the machine was? What do you think they were raging against? <laughs> right. What's the name of the band? <laughs> right. Yeah. Come on, man. And I will go back to uh, the artists who deserve to be in that aren't. When I see like Missy Elliott going in, nothing against her and her music, but you know, Bad Company's not into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet. Foreigner's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Sammy Hagar and Don Henley are not in as solo artists, which I think is crazy. Iron Maiden, you said earlier. Iron Maiden, um, Motley Crue. Jane's Addiction isn't in the Hall of Fame. Jane's Addiction. Lenny Kravitz isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet. What are we doing? Ozzy Osbourne isn't Mm. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it says here. Uh, Ario Speedwagon, Soundgarden, uh, 38 Special. What are we doing here? Yeah. These guys in here. Get these people in. Smashing Pumpkins, huh? Yeah. Wow. And you're putting in the Kate Bush? Come on now. What are we doing here? I love Willie Nelson. But it's like in uh, baseball when they get like the elder, like she's like the elder vote in, yeah. you know, like the the legend series. <laughs> the legend series. You know who's not in? Boston. Boston, the great band out of Boston who, you know, I always tell you that the uh, the guy, the, the guitar guy, he's, he, was an MI, he was going to MIT as an engineer when they started Boston. He, you know, he's made a fortune in all these wah-wah pedals and all these uh, guitar amplification things that he created. He invented them. Uh, and that first Boston album is still as good a, a rock and roll album as you'll ever listen to. They need a contributor section like for Mel Kiper. Yeah, put them in. Well, they right, can put, put them in for in music, it. too, because Boston was a badass back in That's still a, an album that stands up, their first album, t- self-titled. All right, oh, let's go to the Blitz. Sorry. It's time. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz, brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, and any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. 
He said, did Kevin Costner meet a barrel racer? No, we don't need to go there. And salacious gossip. Those barrel racers look okay in those jeans, though. First Blitzer, you're up. E. Yes. Two things for you. Um, is it true that Bucky is not there today because he had to get ready for his Star Wars party he was going to have with the family, and he's dressing like Princess Leia? No, uh, Bucky's not a Star thing. Wars fan. Bucky's not a Star Wars fan. We've learned that over time. All right, buddy. Next buster, you're up. This is Lorenzo Crap, certified expert on all things. You people are experts at getting loaded, whereas I, just like Monday, am an expert at getting unloaded. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Roberto Kraft. Next blitzer, you're up. What about McLaren's pub from How I Met Your Mother? <laughs> the good one? Uh, How I Met Your Mother. Next blitzer, you're up. Hey, the place to be was the Max at Bayside High. If you don't believe me, ask uh, A.C. Slater and Zach. I bet they can tell you some stories about them and Kelly Kapowski. Kelly Kapowski. Yeah, that was... First uh, Crush. Really? That was the name of that show? Saved Saved by by the the Bell. Bell. How about the Emporium in Days Confused? There you go. All right, all right, all right. Isn't that style switch? That's a real... Yeah, it's a real place. Like that building that the Emporium was shot in is now style switch barbecue next to the Yellow Rose. Awesome. Next, Butcher, you're up. Yeah, in case you missed it, and apparently a lot of people did, the Texas Stars uh, beat the Rockford Ice Hogs last night to advance in the series. And undoubtedly the best bar ever is the female anatomy twisties in the, in um, uh, Dust Till Dawn. Oh, that's a fair point. That's a great point. Was it like titty twisties or whatever? Yeah, yeah where they all turn into vampires and stuff. That's Dust a great movie. Yeah. And somebody uh, astutely on our Twitter machine pointed out that E. Hogan Cheers isn't a fictional bar. There's an actual Cheers. Yep. Yep, that is true. I've been there in Boston. Yeah, and go Texas Stars. I, when I lived out in Cedar Park, I'd go to those games all the time at the Cedar Park Center. I don't know what's called now, and it's uh, it's great. For uh, for Austin FC, I would say that was the best sports ticket in town, just because there's no bad place. Yeah, to they see. rolled right through the Ice Hogs of yeah. Rockford. They need to go night. back to being the Ice Bats, though. No, they were never the Ice Bats. What? That was a different. Texas, that, that was, was the, different, they played out yeah. at the Expo Center. The that Expo was a completely Center. different. This is, this is higher like, level. This really? Is high, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the AAA team yeah. for the. That Dallas was just stars. dudes who like to fight that could also kind of skate a little. Met really? some great dudes yeah. though doing that. Oh, those man. the stars are like AAA hockey yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay. And I got to Everybody hang out does. with some of those hockey guys sometimes after the games because I did I did the color commentary. Oh, okay. Those hockey players get more ass in a toilet seat. It's oh. unbelievable. Oh, I can't even imagine. Girls love hockey players. I don't know what that is. It's tough. They're rugged. Violence. Yeah. Hair.